I got a message for your American buddy. I'm your wife, damn it! Ah, would have to go up to the wives in the library or the supermarket and say hello. I am new here. I know, George, you think I don't know anything, but I know people. I get 18 years of my life to stand in the same spot as you. You want your file? I found you your file. You want it out? I got you out. You needed money? I found you some. Now, let's face it here. I've got to, you know, latch on to something in my life. Oh, yeah, you blind. No use to try to sweet talk me, Miss Scarlet. I know you ever since I put the first pair of diapers on you. Who was going to love me? Who, who was going to make me feel good? I wish I had a mother like me instead of nice. Nice gets you shit. I got a two-inch thick solo in steak. Sit and defrost and wait this minute. When you and Guy come over and supper with us tonight, what do you say? Hello and welcome to another episode of the Best Supporting Podcast, the only podcast dedicated to celebrating and dissecting the performances of our favorite Best Supporting Actresses. My name is Nick Kachanov, and I like the island Manhattan. And my name is Colin Trucker, and I know you do. (laughs) (laughs) Yes. Oh my gosh. You know what's funny? I didn't even think... That that's what the proper response is, which of course it is. Yeah, yeah. Oh my gosh. I mean, that I have to say, well, well, we are talking about quintessential best supporting actress Rita Moreno today. In that yeah. moment, I want to be the woman who says, I know you do. <laughs> yeah, I mean, that is an iconic line. I mentioned it in our first episode, too. It's like, I hope that the movie keeps that. That would be if I was, I can't remember what that character's name is, but she's, you know, she's frequently featured yeah you know she's a featured dancer and she definitely has a name it's probably like i think like one of them is consuela but i i don't know who is who i should look her up but i think uh, i looked her up too and i i i keep thinking is it she's spicy rosalita or something like that yeah yes yeah yeah rosalita yes that's one of them as well but oh my gosh here we go colin we are we are we are in it we are in it to win it with this uh with another episode it's really our first one and and what a way to kick it off with rita i am i i am really going to try hard to not just (laughs) go through like a play-by-play of uh west side story because i i really could talk about that this movie and the musical all day but uh we are looking at it through the lens of rita which is uh yeah a great way to view it in my opinion yeah i mean that's what i'm what i kind of love about about this podcast, if I may say so yeah. myself, and and this idea of kind of looking at it through this supporting performance, because yeah, there is this iceberg of a movie behind Rita and behind Anita, you know, that there's yeah. large swaths of the plot that don't really focus on her or have anything to do with her, and I, it's sort of exciting that all of that's there and we're just zooming in on like, okay, but what's Rita doing? And because yeah. it's like that thing we talked about, like of, of being trained to just look for the, for the woman, the other woman in the room, the, the best supporting yeah. actress in the room. And so I'm, I'm keen to kind of like formalize that. And um, oh, absolutely. Yeah. Uh, just spend some time with Rita. I, yeah, I watched this. I've seen West Side Story so many times too, that when I actually went, I, I thought about watching the entire film, but I kind of, I kind of know it. Yeah. So I, I just, I would recommend this to anyone who's kind of, who doesn't know West Side Story. Of course, watch the whole film just because. But uh, if you fast forward to just all the Rita parts, it's a great way to watch the film. It really is. And it's, it's, she comes, I think, you know, this is a word that we are going to use a a lot on this podcast, but the charm, the charm of Rita Moreno as a person and the charm of Anita, the character, it's like the perfect marriage 
of uh, of this role or just to create this sort of role in a musical you're always waiting for her to come back and that's like the best uh, position to be in as an actress and just uh, as a viewer too it's so so much fun yeah and it's it's like again I think like watching it again you know before we did our first episode it was mm-hmm. I had the first time I'd seen West Side Story in a while, and I had kind of forgotten what Anita's involvement in the story was. I knew that she yeah. was in America. Uh, I knew that she was. I, I like actually didn't really know was she Maria's sister. Like I didn't know what the sure. story was, and I didn't realize her involvement in terms of like the tragedy that you know becomes them all in the end. I didn't yeah. realize that she was such a catalyst, and I think like that. I think that element of being a best supporting actress where you actually have some function in the plot where you're not just kind mm-hmm. of this quirky set dressing. You're not just this crazy grandmother who shows up in four scenes, you know? Yes. Uh, she is involved. She's she involved. is crucial. Yeah. Really. Yeah. Uh, Especially towards the end. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I think that that was very exciting to kind of recognize. And I, I don't know, for some reason, and a lot of this is my own very subjective way of watching movies, is, is especially watching older movies, I'm always appreciative of when a female character like does get to do something. Isn't just being saved or being in love, but you know, is, is having their own narrative that doesn't have to do mm-hmm. with any of that. And um, I feel like Anita's is like this very specific narrative that I could see someone extracting the character of Anita and doing this little like one woman show, you know? Oh, I mean, I'm already writing. Yeah. When I say (laughs) someone, I mean you. Yeah. (laughs) So, and and I know we mentioned this in our first episode too, um, but what is, what is your history with West Side Story or Rita Moreno specifically? I know that you had just kind of rewatched it before um, we recorded the first episode, but um, had you, had you heard of her before that? I know you watch one day at a time, are you like mm. caught up or do you just dabble in one day at a time? Oh, I I I did not take that show one day at a time. I blew through that shit. <laughs> I like they couldn't put enough one day at a time on Netflix before canceling yeah. it for me to watch it all. Exactly. Like, I I was familiar with her before that. I knew that she was in West Side Story. She yeah. was in also infamously probably the worst episode of The Golden Girls, which was actually a pilot for this spinoff called Empty Nests or Empty ah, Nest, which did yeah, end up getting created and she wasn't in yeah. it. But huh. uh, the episode was kind of this weird, it was like the end of season two of the Golden Girls and they kind of focused on these neighbors next door. These like this middle-aged couple whose daughter had gone to college and now they were empty nesters. And Got it. it's awful. And she's, yeah. I mean, she's fine. It's not her fault, but it's terrible. And Yikes. so I knew about that. And then, obviously, one day at a time happened. And, I mean, I kind of had in my mind, like, oh, this is Rita Moreno. She's, uh, you know, sort of a um, an American treasure and is an Oscar yeah. winner. So let's see what she's going to do in this TV show as, as I just said, you know, the crazy grandmother. Yes. And she, she took that role into the stratosphere. She is so... She's so funny and so specific and so nuanced and so charming as Lydia. It's like, I, I th- after that, I was like, well, I haven't really seen anything else Rita Moreno's in, but I, I think I love this woman. <laughs> yeah. And I just did the math because I couldn't do it on my head, too. She's 88 years old, Colin. Yeah. Yeah. I, I just... Crazy. She looks great, first of all. Mm-hmm. Um, 
not that it's all about looks. Don't write me letters. No. But uh, I, I, I just uh, the vibrancy and the sexiness and like the, and this transfers also to like Anita, the role of Anita too, and just um, uh, there's an energy about her when you meet her. I think that she, I think she's just so beloved by the community. I would hope. And I was just reading the uh, West Side Story was her only Oscar nomination. There, I don't want to say she had this gap. But like she did, obviously she did stuff after that, or at least try to. But um, I am I am ashamed to admit that I've only seen probably about eight episodes of One Day at a Time. I know. Wow. I know. I just and I think, wow. yeah. Okay. I know. Okay. I, I there should be some sort of sound effect that's just like boo. Yeah. Oh yeah. There's <laughs> insert that in here. Yeah. Somehow. There's yeah. just people leaving an auditorium. Just the, the door being slammed open. There's rage. All across this country. How have you yeah. not seen all of One Day More. at a Time? I know, I know. And they're covering such important stuff, too. And I think that's what, like, the the public outcry over the, when it was, like, in talks of being canceled. And, of course, it was canceled. But I think Lin-Manuel is reviving it somehow on another channel or I don't know. Um, yeah, it's going to be on Pop TV, which is the channel oh, that's right. that has Shit's Creek. That, yeah. yeah. Yes. Ugh. Or the network Dude. or whatever it is. Yeah. Yeah. Of course, of course. Um, and I think, I should probably just Google this right now as I'm talking about it too, but I think that, I don't know if Lin-Manuel is producing it, but there's some sort of documentary coming out about Rita Moreno. Um, I need to, um, oh. to fact check this as well. I think but, you're right. Um, I think this I, is ringing a bell. Yes. Yes, exactly. Um, I think that I saw it, you know, how you just like see things and you're like, um, Ooh, okay, Rita Moreno documentary in the works from Lynn Manuel Miranda and Norman Lear, uh, a CNN article, so you know it's real. Oh yeah. Um, <laughs> so uh, it's a new PBS documentary as well. So that is super exciting. I so many wonderful old things. Norman Lear, Rita Moreno, PBS. I mean, all of them collectively are like three thousand years old. I yeah. I couldn't be more happy. <laughs> this is the entertainment I want on my television. It is. It's perfect. They're giving us exactly what we need, and it's it's uh, to give her the the sort of homage and the the attention that she really. She is the first Puerto Rican actress to also win an Oscar too. It's like the the sort of groundbreaking path that she has blazed for other actresses, of course, as well. But um, I just love her. I and and I, I get happy when I think about her. And and of course, like we're about to get into the uh, the movie itself. But um, I just I need more of her, really. And I'm glad that that's finally happening at the yeah. ripe age of 88. Right. I mean, I guess you know I, I always think about that with you know. RuPaul and Michelle Visage, who of course are are babies in comparison in their you know fifties sure. and sixties or whatever, but yeah, that's so much more can happen in the later part of your life. Like there can be so yeah. much more you know life that can happen, and I think uh, yeah, like I I I love that people are you know remembering these references, making these references, putting a, spot, a spotlight on these references. Um, yes, because I don't know, it's like. In, at least in, term, in terms of the time we're recording this, it's like Valerie Harper just died. And it's like, yeah. there's all these like people who are like, we're in that age where like all of these kind yeah. of like golden Hollywood, golden television figures, you know, they're, you know, Betty White is still here, but the rest of them. She is, my Lord. Yeah. yeah. The Katniss Everdeen of Hollywood. Yeah. <laughs> so, exactly. So I'm always happy to see, you know, yeah, a, a look back instead of a look ahead at what's coming or who's new or who's next, you know? Yeah. 
Um, I want to talk really briefly just about, I know I got into it a little bit in the last episode about my relationship with this movie and the musical itself too, but I was, um, I, I mentioned on the last episode, I'm, I'm pretty sure too, that I was a sophomore in high school. I auditioned for West Side Story. I watched the movie and um, I really didn't care about anything else other than, like, of course, <laughs> I, I, I watched the movie and kind of absorbed that in my own. And like the choreography, there's like certain things that you take away in your first viewing of anything mm-hmm. really too. But um, Rita Moreno was just kind of at the top of the list as well too. And I, I um, from that first scene, of just her and Maria talking and um, just establishing herself as this strong, funny, uh, loving, really. She's making this dress for Maria. She obviously cares. She's a talented seamstress. She made that white dress with the red strap. Yeah. White is for babies. White is for babies. I, I will be the only one there in a white. <laughs> and then she, I gasp every time. She looks so beautiful, Natalie Wood. Yeah. Uh, I, I just love that line of white is for babies. Yes. <laughs> I you know, like, <laughs> Just to be abundantly clear, is there is there anything non-white about Natalie Wood? Just curious. Yeah. Um. No. And I there's a lot of controversy too. It's like um because even uh, George uh, Chikiris, who played Bernardo, he's Greek. Yeah. And um, Rita Moreno is is Puerto Rican. But even they had to sort of wear quote unquote like brown face when they were making this film too to. That's uh, what I thought. Amplify that. Yes, yeah. Especially mm-hmm. Rita Moreno. I was like, I mean, people change over, you know, as they age. But it was like she's much darker skinned in this than she yes. is. And yeah. and uh, George Chakiris. Is that his Chakiris? Um, yeah, Chakiris. Yeah. I mean, it's to the point where he, it, it almost looks silly. It almost looks like he's, you know, uh, I don't know doing a little bit of blackface in a high school musical production. You yeah. Know? <laughs> yeah. Especially in that prologue, there's something about the prologue that he's, it's like, it's, it's fresh. He just, yeah. like, just walked out of the makeup trailer. Here I am. Yeah. The grease, um, uh, the grease paint hasn't quite dried to his skin. Yeah. It, they put, put some powder yeah, on it. He's yeah. He's freshly Puerto Rican. Yeah. <laughs> uh, and I, I, I think it's hard. I, I went in talking about just my relationship with, uh, just Anita, the character, too. I'm going to save it for when we get into these actual scenes, too, mm-hmm. because I feel like it's sort of bleeding into uh, what I want to kind of break apart a little bit. Yeah, uh, yeah. In a moment. Sure. Um, should we get into... Uh, one thing we want to do every episode, too, is really honor and, of course, at least name the other nominees in this category, too. Yeah. Because um, uh, uh, this is this is the 1962 Oscars. Um, I have this pulled up here. I do uh, let me just well, because yeah, what awesome. we what we always want to do is you know, and sometimes I'm I'm even more excited by the other nominees than by who wins. Sometimes yes, and that's I think that's going to be a really exciting thing to talk about. Yeah, is as we as we move through these as well. Um, yeah, this is this is a, this is a kind of a an era of Hollywood where I know some of these names, of course. I guess let's just get into it. Do you want to read off these these nominees? Colin? Yeah, I, let's talk yeah. about who the nominees are. The nominees for best performance by an actress in a supporting role are Faye Bader in The Children's Hour, Judy Garland in Judgment at Nuremberg, Lottie Lenya in The Roman Spring of Mrs. Stone, Una Merkel in Summer and Smoke, and Rita Moreno in West Side Story. May I have the envelope, please? 
So let's talk about these nominees. Let's talk about yes. the company that Miss Marino is Miss Marino. Miss Miss Dan Marino is, <laughs> <laughs> is keeping. Miss Marino is keeping. Um, now, have you? And and the thing we also are going to frame at the beginning because we're we're busy queens on the go, and there's only so much you yeah. can watch and absorb and see. So yes. some years, some episodes, it's like I have not seen any of these, or I've seen all of these, or mm-hmm. I know one thing about her. And, yeah. and so, you know, no answer is the wrong answer. Um, if you haven't seen, That's right. from my point of view, it's like if you haven't seen something, like lucky you, you have the opportunity to, to discover it, you know? Exactly, yeah. Um, and that's kind of my brand. I've not seen anything. Yeah. I'm fine. have a podcast about that. Yeah. Yeah. So with that framework in mind, what, what if any experience or knowledge do you have of any of these nominees or these movies? Sure. I'd say the two that are the furthest from me are Faye Bainter in The Children's Hour and then Una Merkel in Summer and Smoke. Mm-hmm. Um, no shade to them. They look. I'm looking at their pictures right now. I'm sure they had great performances. Um, but those are the two that I that I have a, a sort of uh, blank spot. Mm-hmm. And at least my knowledge or but I, I want to throw them a shout out I, do you know anything about them uh, as well I actually just recently saw the children's hour um, oh. it was on maybe or maybe I even like rented it you know on Amazon Prime because I was like I just want to sure. see it and I knew there was a best supporting actress nominee uh, Faye Bainter I I knew her she was I believe she won the best supporting actress Oscar in like the 40s for this movie called Jezebel with Betty uh, Davis which I haven't okay. seen but like I now I this is I'm I'm surprised it's taken this long to talk about this but there are these montages on YouTube and I don't know if you've seen them or if oh I've sent them gosh. to you I well I think I know what you're talking about but keep, keep but going. they are these montages of, of every of a clip of every year of the of the winner of the Oscar best for best supporting actress best actor best actress best picture and it's always got like the soundtrack to the piano as like playing in the background. So it's true. Dr- of course it's dramatic. Yes. It's, and it goes on for like eight or nine minutes. It is, yeah. it's like the inspiration for the theme song. Like it is, um, my favorite thing in the world. It's just like hands down my favorite thing. And so exactly. I need more montages. I think I'd rather have just an eight minute montage at the beginning of the show rather than like have a host. Honestly, uh-huh. I, I, because that gets me jazzed. I get super excited about that. And and, and to build on this, I even though it takes up like fifteen minutes, I also love those like maybe it happened three years in a row where all the former best supporting actresses, best best leading actresses come out and just like talk directly. Oh, I kind of remember that. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, of course. It's uh, it's great, and it takes uh. It takes up so much time, right. and that's probably why they cut it. But I, I also live for those as well. Those are the moments. Those are the moments that exactly. make life worth living. Um, that's right. But back to Faye. Back to but Faye. But the and, reason and... I, I mention this is because what I, the way that I mostly know Faye Bainter is that there would always be because there's a couple of different montages like this on YouTube, and it, the clips of Faye Bainter and Jezebel would always be just these different shots of her looking very concerned or like putting mm-hmm. down a soup spoon. It's always. I'll show you, and you're going to see it's the same <laughs> okay. fucking shot of her putting down a soup spoon and looking up. Anyway, <sighs> so Faye Bainter, and I'm leaning around to look for a water bottle. Faye Bainter in the Children's Hour, which is a slightly... Have you, do you know the Children's Hour at all? No, I don't. Mm. It's a slightly dated uh, story. It's a, based on a Lillian Hellman play, and it's okay. about these two women who run 
like a, a boarding school for girls and then this rumor gets started that they're having a lesbian affair and it like wow. destroys everything and it's like this whole tragedy and so Faye Bainter plays like it's this little girl this little girl like sees them or like a, like comes up with some like she she starts the rumor basically Got it. and so Faye Bainter plays her grandmother and watching it like if, at first i was like okay maybe this is just kind of like i think this is maybe faye bainter's last role or one of her last roles and maybe this mm. is just one of those like let's give the classic actress a nod sure and but watching it i mean uh, audrey hepburn and shirley mclean are the leads shirley mclean in particular Ooh. is amazing she's phenomenal uh, they're nice. both are great though and faye bainter has like a couple moments towards the end where i'm like okay i see where you could have won this like, yeah. I mean, not against Rita, but I see why you got nominated. So yes. uh, I recommend it. I There was something about her performance that, that sticks with me, and I'm surprised. There's this one moment towards the end, this one micro moment that just seared into my brain. So it's worth it for that. Love it. Yeah. Okay. Uh, Great. I have not seen The Roman Spring of Mrs. Stone or Summer in Smoke. I'm not really familiar with Latulenia or Una Merkel. Uh, yeah, so Lada Lenya, um, just to kind of sorry to interrupt no, 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 go you ahead. there, no, but um, she, I, I, I don't know if her and Kurt Vile were married or if he was just or she was like one of his muses, but he, she sang a lot of his music uh, back in the day. There's actually a Lada Lenya competition that is, uh, it's like an annual competition where it's it's really cool actually. It's like you have to be able to sing like an aria. Uh, in any language, um, you have to sing uh, like a contemporary musical theater song and also like a golden age musical theater song. So it's, it really like runs the gamut of uh, what a performer can do. And there's, of course, cash prizes, too. But um, so she in her own right is, is a musician, obviously, too, an actress as well. She has a very, very distinct voice. Um, almost i'm sure people would disagree but like edith piaf like that sort of when you just listen you you are transported back to like the 40s right uh, uh that sort of situation too so that's really all i know about her uh that's more than i knew i'm like wow yeah. you had a whole lot of lenya story i'm so <laughs> impressed <laughs> yeah yeah um now we we have not talked about it at all is of course Judy Garland in Judgment of Nuremberg. Course. Yes. I Let's please. Have to, no, I've only seen the clips because she's only in a couple scenes and I've only seen the yeah. clips on YouTube. Have you mm -hmm. seen them? Did you did you watch them? The one that I watched uh, before recording, it was about it's the courtroom scene where she which like, I feel is yeah. Yeah. Go ahead. Go. Yes. Go, go. I'm just yes. making sure because that's like I think that's the moment. It is. Oh, yes. It is. I mean, it's it's incredible. I think, yeah, it's she, she, I mean, we won't go into all the details of how she's, but she's basically put on the stand um, to kind of testify against, I think, this older Jewish man or something. Or yeah. um, In any event, it's incredible. It's devastating. It's like Viola Davis in doubt, where it's just like, it's just this like woman, like trying to hold it together. And like, it's all the details in her eyes and how she's trying to not cry. And then when she just like, she fucking loses it and she's like slamming the and table she like shakes it yes oh it's so good i will say this too oh keep going sorry well Go just ahead. i mean like and 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 the why why are you doing this and like when she uh, oh it's like judy you're so good at this yeah it's that sort of gasp of air um i don't know yes. what to call it but we we know what it is you know what it is we all know what it is it's like um 
and, and if anyone has seen season two of Broadchurch, when Olivia Coleman yells at Tom, her son, and she's just finishing up and she does this sort of, <gasps> yeah. it's like this sort of gasp <laughs> just to kind of like gain, it's like the wind is taken out of her and she has to get it back without, um, you know, collapsing to the floor right. and just uh, all of the emotion that she's going through. So I, my, my question to you, have you seen um, the Judy Garland, A Star is Born? It's funny you should ask. I literally uh, just watched it for the first time last weekend. Colin. <laughs> oh, because that the the dressing room yeah. scene yeah. is 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 this courtroom scene times like 10. Yeah. It is. But it's it's in the same vein. Totally. With, that, with those with that she's like <gasps> it's like that sort of mm-hmm. oh, oh, how? How do you do it? How do you do it, Judy? How do you do it? I mean, that scene, that's like, I was very excited for that scene to come in A Star is Born, not to mm. take us too far off track. Sure, yes, just to kind of but go there for a just moment. just to celebrate Judy, because we're celebrating the nominees right now. What I loved about that scene was it was so much just like one take, like one shot. Yeah. Like, and that oh. was like, yeah, just let her do her thing. It was great. I mean, she just, and then when she went back out there and performed and the way that she switched on, like that to me was just like emotional acrobatics. Uh, There's nothing better than like, you know, a performer behind the scenes that's just melting down and has to put on a face and go out and smile too. And there's something about what she's wearing, those like freckles and that little like page boy haircut. Yeah. It's just so ridiculous. And she, uh, it's, it's perfect. And, and, and she's like begging, I don't know if it's her manager at the time, but some guy who's in charge to like give her husband a job. I think uh, this is in A Star is Born. He's like the studio in, head, I think. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Like he, and she just loves him so much that she she needs him to be happy because uh, we're not going to go any. And mm-hmm. Watch that scene. If you don't watch any of A Star is Born, because it's a long ass movie, oh, God, I will yeah. say. Um, I watched, I was watch like, intermission, video, great. I'm going to stop here. <laughs> yeah. Um, exactly. Yeah, that scene, I mean, certainly there's a lot of impact in the build-up to it, but I think if you're going to watch it from the lens of, like, just seeing Judy perform and, like, yeah. work as an actress, it's fantastic. It's a great yeah. moment. And it comes, like, towards the end of the movie. you got to earn that. It takes... You do. Yeah. You're, you do. And I also watched what I think was, like the ultimate director's cut because they had all these like deleted scenes where all they had were like stills and audio. Yes. I, that's the one I watched mm-hmm. too. Yeah. And because like, the footage was lost. It got like, um, oh, I can't remember. I'm like hearkening back to my, a star is born episode with, uh, um, Oh my gosh. Uh, Jason Powell from Lady oh, yeah. watch. I uh-huh. almost, I almost blanked there. Um, something happened a fire or something where the footage was lost but they still had stills so that's why they put them in yeah it was i mean watching that you know and then we'll go back to the nominees and rita i was just so i mean talk about little like nuances and acting choices and little charming moments like she was she was doing so many of those little things like those little line readings or those little like self-interruptions or those little like small laughs or whatnot that like you just can't direct someone to do yeah. You know, um, it just, I, I didn't realize how textured she was or could be, mm-hmm. you know? Yeah, there's few people that can do that. Um, uh, I think of like Meryl and I think of Viola Davis and uh, and many other actresses too that 
it's like um <laughs> i'm gonna throw it back to drag race here with uh max muchnik when, uh-huh. in the episode of queens behind bars when he says it's it's the dream it's you you get an actress who can take the lines and just elevate it he's talking to dita ritz oh yeah oh yeah <laughs> yeah it's like oh i know i know what dita ritz can do yeah, yeah and dita, cut to dita ritz in a talking head she's like this is what i prayed for so i'm so grateful <laughs> had to throw it back for a moment um i mean dita but, ritz talk about best supporting actress dita ritz she's <laughs> fifth place she's mostly under the radar but she has a couple of just like moments where you never forget her you know oh yeah i mean lip sync alone this yeah. will be but um you know that's for another yeah another podcast yeah. but uh <laughs> um but yeah judy Gar. it's it's those little moments that are so lived in and natural and um natural is just the word that i that i keep going back to i wish i had a, a more eloquent word but yeah. it is it it just seems very easy even though they are working hard to do it. Effortless maybe is another word. Yeah, and you almost like mm-hmm. don't expect it from Judy and I th- because she's this like classic Hollywood actress, but she's actually yeah. like she's this anomaly of Hollywood. I mean, that's like yeah. and what I was fascinated by with A Star Is Born was like, "Oh my god, so much of this is this woman's life." You know, like she's she's playing out her life story here. Yeah. And it it's she's, it's incredible. She's kind of on the other side of it too, giving that monologue like she says like, "You don't know what it's like to you want to help someone and they just they can't it's like yeah. i'm fumbling with it of course but that and it's like you, that you're helping someone with addiction and you just can't reach them and you just don't know you are you are helpless yeah in that situation too um it uh is amazing yeah judy is amazing um i want to also just uh put a button on the judy sort of section here have you seen the trailer for the renee zellweger movie i have Okay. And I've had a lot of concerns, but all of the reviews I've read have said the movie itself is maybe nothing amazing, but she is. Okay. And I'm like, okay, this has been like like unanimous. It's like, oh, it's an amazing performance. Okay. And I'm kind of like, okay. Like, yeah. Yeah. (laughs) I'm really feeling season nine. I'm really digging season nine. (laughs) I think that like my, there's so much like, it's like how do you how do you do it how do you how do you even step into those shoes yeah. um would renee be my first choice not really but i think it goes in the category of um i forget what we were talking about um oh we were talking about amanda and i were talking earlier this week about um oh my goodness rocket man versus bohemian rhapsody of course i was how, listening yeah. yeah yeah of course and how um the the gentleman who played elton john like wasn't doing a parody he was doing his own thing and i think that's kind of where renee and parody isn't the right word too it's like an impression yeah I think is what amanda said too it's like she's not doing a judy garland impression we know that she doesn't look exactly like her but um <laughs> i can't believe i'm making all these drag race references but back to season nine yeah. when peppermint had to be britney spears on that runway mm-hmm. and it's like peppermint is britney spears what but uh she was really channeling her yeah. <laughs> it really really was totally she was really channeling her um yeah and no i agree that's what i've heard about renee zellweger the is spirit that, is there exactly yeah. that it that she's kind of doing a bit of her own thing but the 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 ways in which when you'd watch Judy, there'd be like seven things going on at once. Sure. She's doing that as well. Good. And I think those are the qualities that matter, you know, is like that sense of the inner life or the sense of like the tragedy behind her eyes. Like, I think those are the nuances that she's carrying over into whatever she's doing in this. Yeah. I mean, you know, listen, all I want are more good performances, not less. So I'm thrilled to hear that it's great. 
And I'm also kind of excited, you know, eventually we'll talk about Renee Zellweger as the Best Supporting Actress winner for Cold Mountain, which I've never seen. Mm-hmm. I have seen it, and I, I'm I'm excited to talk about that. It's like one of those performances where, fine, give a tour for this. But I, I'm, I'm interested in a rewatch. It's also a long movie. Yeah. A long movie. Yeah. It's a slow burn. But, but I, she is kind of this... Go ahead. Oh, no, sorry. but I, I guess I'm just saying, like, my perception has kind of always been, like, oh, yeah, Renee Zellweger, like, you know you know jerry Maguire, and you know you kind of like just kind of roll your eyes a little bit at her or like oh what happened to her face like it's just kind of all these derogative ways of thinking about her and i kind of feel like i know i'm guilty of that and i'm like oh what if sure. judy just like changes my entire view of renee zellweger Ugh. and then she's I mean, my favorite you know yeah she she has been in my i would say top 10 for sure for a while because mm. we're not mentioning mentoring mentioning uh Bridget Jones's Diary, seemingly on the surface, just like a rom com romp, but it's it. She is good in it, and also Chicago. That really changed my entire outlook on her. Yeah, I, I hear think you. she she could have won that year. Uh, it was the year that Nicole Kidman won for The Hours. Fine, um, that's Fine. a good year. Yeah. Catherine Zeta Jones year. That's going to be a good episode. Um, was that was so was that. Um... Was Renee Zellweger nominated for Best Actress and Catherine Zeta yes, Jones? Leading, actress. she was best. Mm-hmm. She was Best Supporting, which also is. We'll get into that because they're both leading roles, ladies and gentlemen. This is a favorite um, problem. Yeah, I mean, it is. It, I could see that. I can see it on both sides of the argument too. I guess, but yeah, uh, you know, we'll leave it for when we get into it. Yeah, yeah. yeah but yeah. Judy, I'm excited for the movie. I I am rooting for it. I like us like you said too. I. I'm always up for a good performance and especially from a lady who uh, deserves it. And she's had such a great career already and uh, we'll see what happens. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, who knows? I, people have been saying like, oh, this is uh, she's probably a shoe in for an Oscar nomination. So. Uh, All right. So speaking of Oscars, of course, um, wow. you know, to bring us back, uh, not yes. that I have any problem with a Judy tangent. No. Jesus. Yeah, exactly. Uh, <laughs> like if anybody listening has a problem with a Judy tangent, they've been listening to the wrong podcast for a while. Uh, yeah. Exactly. <laughs> yeah. So as amazing as Judy is in Judgment at Nuremberg and Faye Bainter in The Children's Hour and I'm sure mm-hmm. Una Merkel in Summer and Smoke and, and Lot of Lenya. The incomparable Lot of Lenya. I got a Lot of Lenya for you. Uh, <laughs> I know. I was like, there's a joke in there somewhere. <laughs> Come on, yeah, yeah. I'm not smart enough. I'm not quick enough. <laughs> I mean, I wouldn't say I, I came up with anything brilliant, but you know, sure, yeah. Um, that all being said, well, as amazing as they were, no one could beat. And I believe even at Golden Globes that year, Rita also won for yes. Best Supporting Actress. Mm-hmm. Rita Moreno. Rita Moreno, congratulations. And as she can't, and now let, I think this is a good time to segue to Rita Moreno's acceptance speech. Yes. Rita Moreno and West Side Story. that 
Wow. Beautiful words. Yeah. Short lived, I'd say. But also like, who knows what I would do if I ever won an Oscar. I think my I would have a heart attack before I got to the stage. I would just be it's such a a rush, I would imagine. And uh, she couldn't believe it, Colin. No, she just couldn't. She believe couldn't it. believe it. And that's that's it. Yeah. I mean, I it, it's so funny because it's that moment, right? That So many people think about even if you're not an actor, or you're not doing anything where you would ever potentially get an Oscar for it. People imagine, oh, what would I do? What would be my Oscar speech? What would I say when I got up there? Oh, yeah. You know, how would I do it? Like, you know, I think, oh, if I ever was in that space, I wouldn't waste all that time thanking all those people. It wouldn't mean anything. No one would care. I would thank them later. I'd try to come up with something meaningful to say, you know? I think that that would be my route, too. Yeah. I'd thank maybe, like, five people in my personal life and maybe... Five. I don't know why I said five. <laughs> I'm thinking Not that I have it planned five. out or anything. Yeah. I have it in my pocket at all times. Um, yeah, right. I mean, I think like I think about, oh, how would I cover it? I would probably just say, there's so many people to thank, and I'm going to thank you all one by one in person. Yeah, I don't like those speeches. I'm sorry. Yeah, yeah, I don't want to hear. And my agent and my publicist, oh, blah, 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 blah. Like, yeah. I just... Uh, who was the lady who kept holding a piece of paper? Um, oh, Patricia, Patricia Arquette? Yes. Uh, oh, I didn't watch that one. Yeah, I didn't see that. that. Okay. Sorry, Whoa. I just hit one of my plates on the table here. <laughs> you know, hey, listen, sometimes talking about Best Supporting Actress winners, things get a little out I of know. hand. I understand. I need my strength, okay? I, I need to have snacks, okay? <laughs> I get it. I get it. Um, yeah, I, inf- I I feel like I am too far away from the pirate's booty in my kitchen, but I'll... I'll... Exactly. Uh, but go on. But I think this is also a time where if you if you watch, you know... I'm sure all of us, at least if you're listening to this, have have, uh, have taken a deep dive into YouTube videos from, you know, the past and how acceptance speeches have sort of evolved mm-hmm. uh, because it used to, it, it was a very formal, formal event. Everyone just kind of, I honestly, they kept it under, I'd say like 30 seconds, to be honest. Yeah. Like, I don't, I can't remember one specifically that, especially in that era that really like droned on. They were really kind of, they were swift. We kind of talked about this when we were talking in the first episode about award shows and the red carpet and all of the ways in which that's been kind of, um, you know, embellished with all of these things around the looks and the, and the, and the jewelry cam and all of that. And I, Oh my gosh. Yeah. I feel like the, the acceptance speeches have kind of become an extension of that or were a precursor to all of that, where it's like, I think the, the, the American religion of celebrity started to like change focus and i think it was like i don't know watching a star is born maybe really made me think about the concept of the studio system and the concept of like what hollywood was like then and like who hollywood Mm -hmm. stars were then and how their personalities were were crafted and they were given names and they were given you know relationships and whatnot and then i think you know going looking into the 80s and the 90s and looking at a different era of hollywood where there's just more there's certainly certainly still some sense of a studio system in a way, but celebrity is more individual. People are their own kind of like they're managing their own personalities. They're managing their own images. And I think yeah. part of that, what, what comes with that is, you know, the the moment that you have at the award show, at the Oscars, you know, like people will remember yes. the funny speech you had or the dress you wore. Like I think it's the evolution of celebrity created more opportunities or called on more opportunities to like um show off i guess really yeah i that's 
beautiful really I, I think that that uh <laughs> because i think also that people tune in to watch speeches yes i mean it's like i can go on a whole tangent of like if i really was to explore like why do i love acceptance speeches so much not just with best supporting actresses but in general too because it's you're watching someone in like potentially the happiest like moment of their career it's like the pinnacle of everything whether it's a tony award an emmy award it's like you you work so hard to get there especially someone who kind of has you know like i act and i sing and i i I explore different avenues of this uh my sort of creative i don't know universe i guess or creative journey and you know you always even if you're not an actor or an actress like you you just want to be that person for a moment too and you kind of have this sort of vicarious um sort of moment with them i think yeah. and I, it's the, the like i think of when sandra bullock won her oscar uh which you know we all have words about that but <laughs> yeah. uh, uh but i think i remember it's like my parents tuned into the oscars that year it's like people wanted to see sandy bullock winning her oscar because it's familiar um you, they knew she was going to give you know a good speech and sometimes they happen accidentally too with those oscar moments that you can't really predict as mm-hmm. well but like olivia coleman um, winning best actress i feel like oh. some people really hated her speech and the way that she was you know carrying herself i could have watched no. it all day no i was gonna yeah. give her an oscar for her oscar speech <laughs> yeah where she just goes <laughs> where she just like blows a raspberry Oh, with tears welling in her eyes. Yes. I mean, and then that, it is that moment when she addressed Glenn, and I was like, "This, this is, this is." As they say, as they say, this is canon. <laughs> like, yeah, I know. As the gays as say, the gays say. I, she's just like, "Sorry, Glenn, uh, I didn't mean, didn't hope it would turn out like this, but it did." Oh. She's just like that quick little, yeah, that little quick, like uh, any... chirpy little uh, comedic timing of hers. I just want to see someone on SNL do that, you know, like just do oh, that, yeah. do a whole parody of that performance. It just, yes, uh, but yeah, I hear you. I feel like you know, here we are. Like here's a perfect meta example. We're sitting here talking yeah. about a speech, and yeah. you know, remembering. Even remembering that role in the lens of like, oh, it won an o- she won an Oscar. Oh, she beat Glenn. Oh, she did that speech. Like, yeah, it it becomes an extension in a way that I don't think it was, you know, 50, 60 years ago. Yes. Yeah, exactly. So all that being said about Oscar speeches, I think we should we should talk about why she got this award in the first place. Yes, please. Uh- um so getting into the movie here, I mean, I, I kind of highlighted every single... We don't have to go through them, obviously, but I, I just have them really for a reference point in mind. But, like, the first time that we see Anita or Rita um, is is this dress scene, which my friend Grace and I used to act out, like, verbatim oh because we both loved it. We would switch roles. Say, which we would just get you? like <laughs> Yeah, we, we would... Just, I mean, I was typically mostly Anita because I, uh, I had the range, Colin. I could do it. <laughs> She didn't have the range. She could never. Because you were the gay one. <laughs> I know. That's exactly. why you were Anita, because you were the and gay one. And I sat one. at the desk with my scissors and my uh, my sewing frock. Oh. I love the frock that she has on. I and, love it. Um, I love the banter. I love the playfulness. I, I, I just, you, you immediately know that you this is someone to watch out for i think that like um we'll, we'll get into it a little bit later of like the moment she won you know the, the scene too and there, there's a lot to pick from of course there's the obvious one too but um speaking of that sort of effortlessness with both of them i want to give props to um natalie wood as well i know people it's very divided um obviously she's not puerto rican in any sense but um 
she was a star at the time. Mm-hmm. I think it, it's it's sometimes that trumps logic in casting too. I mean, look, still today, it's like uh, I don't know the colorblind casting. Not color is, is that the right term? Colorblind casting, or just like I think of uh, what's her face who was cast as a as an Asian oh, person. Oh yes. Um, I- um, was it Charlize Theron? Scarlett Johansson. Scarlett Johansson. Yes. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. Among other women, I mean, mm-hmm. more than that too. It's that's just one of the examples of, of many too. But, um, but I do like their di- their chemistry is very good, and I I think that that sort of rings true throughout the movie because they're, it's it's interesting that you thought that they were sisters, um, you know, initially before you even kind of revisited it because they kind of are. It's like yeah, it's I don't know what their relationship is prior to this, but you, the roots run deep. I guess. And there's that sense of like everyone being an immigrant and coming over here and starting a new life is you really do form a new family unit. You know, I think mm-hmm. for all intents and purposes, they are sisters. They they yeah. um, are coexisting like sisters. And I think they kind of have to be, you know, being these these relatively new. I mean, I think Maria has been in America for a month. Is that the story? Is it, she's. Or has it been longer? Yeah, I... I that's a good question. I don't know the timeline. I feel like it's been a short while, mm-hmm. um, for sure, because she's obviously excited to go to the dance. She wants to make a splash, and she wants a, a dress to reflect that as well. Um, and then this is, of course, where we meet Bernardo and Chino come in, mm-hmm. and oh, Chino. Oh, um, Chino. Uh, but I I love this line um, where Chino is like, uh, "But this is a dress for, or this is a store for ladies," and she's like, and Anita says, "We won't buy it to you until we know you better." Yeah. <laughs> <It's> yes. So, <laughs> that, so it's funny in the in this scene and and before they come in as well. There are there's that moment, yeah. you know, because we do we do want to like have that moment where we decide what's her oscar moment when did she win the yeah. oscar I, I it's tricky because in, for me there's there's when did she win the oscar and then when did she when did you hear that that gay whistle tone Ooh, you yes. know what i'm talking about like exactly. when because for me it was in this first scene and i can tell you the yeah. exact moment so it's when she's talking it's it's what you just talked about as well like let me say uh-huh. that i was like okay gay whistle tone gay whistle tone <laughs> yeah just the sort of sass uh-huh. that she has yeah but before that she's talking to maria i guess about oh i can't remember what it was but set it up i'll, I'll, I'll you'll know because i'll volley it right back it, to but, you because yeah. i just know that she's sewing and she and she says well what did you expect and she kind of looks up when she says it and i Ooh. And I can't remember what it's about. It's like it's about what did you Chino or um. Uh, oh, got it. I got it. You know okay, what I'm so talking she's about? like, um, she's like, what do you, um, what happens when you? Oh, she's like, um, why did my brother bring me here to America? And she's like, to marry Chino. And she's like, when I look at Chino, nothing happens. And then she says, what do you expect to happen? She's like, I don't know, something. What happens when you look at Bernardo? It's, and she's like, <laughs> it's when I don't. She's look. like, it's when I don't look that happens. Ugh. <laughs> I mean, I mean that I love all of that little moment, but it's like it's like, well, what did you ex- expect to happen? And then she looked, and she just yeah. glances up out of the corner of her eye, and that Ooh. to me was like, and I got it. Yep, no one told you to do that. Yeah, it was just, yeah, that's ugh. a great, that's a great sort of uh, framework for that. The thing that they didn't tell her to do, but she did it anyway because she can just add that sort of stuff. I also like the line. When Bernardo is like gushing over Maria and Anita's like, "What am I? Cut glass." Yeah, that's how she says it. It's so good. It's like so like yeah. Yeah, she's. Ugh. I mean, all of that scene, in some ways, I mean, she has so many great like all her. You know, she has more impactful scenes. I would say later in the movie, but for some reason, this is my favorite scene of Anita. Oh, I mean, 
for good reason. It's just her eyes too. She has these big, almost buggy eyes, mm-hmm. but also very beautiful. Like so, when it does, like that moment you're talking about, when she does just do a glance, there's a lot of that in America, mm-hmm. the song where she's just like giving it to Bernardo. I mean, we're about to get into that. Oh in a moment, yeah, but uh, yeah, she can take your breath away with just one glance. Yeah, really, and that like uh-huh. it's things like that where you know. In some cases, a best supporting actress will be like a Beatrice Strait, where like, oh my God, you just like set off, you know, dynamite in the room. So how could yes. I forget you? But then there's like Rita Moreno, who's just kind of like, you know, flicking matches. You know what I mean? You're like, ooh, yeah, ooh, what was ooh. that? You know? Yes. So, uh, um, the next moment is the dance at the gym. Like overall, it's just it's just a great scene. It's like she, um, I love. Speaking of just like this, like when the it's the circle dance, mm-hmm. if you want, if you call it, and and Riff goes out first, and then uh, Graziella comes out, and then Bernardo comes out, and I love when <clears throat> Anita walks around and her dress just like almost grazes Graziella, like she's just like giving mm-hmm. a little flare of like. I'm about to show you how it's done. <laughs> right, right, right. Oh, yeah. 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 I feel like she channels that in one day at a time in many scenes of like, oh, oh I'm yeah. going to show you. I'm going to. And then she does a little dance. Yeah. Yeah. The flair. Yeah. Yes. The flair. And I think even those like a director could say, you know, what kind of attitude, what kind of attitude, what kind of tone, what kind of like vibe they're looking for in this moment. But then like it's the choices Rita makes that. Yeah. Because to me, it's like unless a director is a total micromanager, you couldn't say, "Okay, what I need you to do is almost graze her with your dress. Like to me, the more you try to control that, the less it's going to work. For sure. It's like any director that kind of tells me how to navigate. You can give like loose a loose outline of like, I want this to sort of live on this part of the stage or, you know, set or whatever. And then you can kind of migrate over here. Mm -hmm. Um I don't really enjoy that. It's like, let me try to do some stuff. And if it doesn't work, then I'll call you back. Um, right. But, uh, yeah, the dance at the gym, iconic. I, I want, like, that big red wall, like, in my bedroom. Oh, like, yeah. That. Like, it's just, it's just so, uh, the drama of it all. I just, I, I really do love that. Yeah. Um, I feel like you could get, like, I was, like, thinking of sort of, like, a large, like, framed, postered image of just, like, like a large wide Ooh, shot yes. of the dance, you know, yeah. with the big Ooh, red wall God. and the colors of the costumes and the lighting. I feel like that would be an amazing, like over the bed or like living room art. Yeah. And this set is very basic. It's just, it, it's, it's, it's such a studio uh, sort of setting too. And it's shot in the wide, which is great. Cause you could really see everything. And yeah. we, we talked before about just like the color and the vibrancy of everything too. It's like I love the yellow in Riff's jacket and the orange mm-hmm. in Graziella's dress. Um, it's it's incredible. Speaking of Riff, I was so I had had it in my mind that uh, Russ Tamblin had been nominated or even won the Best Supporting Act- Actor Oscar. Wow! And like no sir, did not have that in my mind about George Takiris at all. I didn't really think George Takiris was that strong in this. He's not my favorite okay. performance. Russ Tamblin is quintessential best supporting actor in this to me. Yeah. He is doing He goes through it all. He yep. goes through it all. That I mean the officer Krupke, uh that whole I mean it it is it's like watching Rita Moreno in America. It's like wow, you are just working your ass off here. Yes. I just I can't believe he didn't even get nominated. He he's incredible in this. Yeah, I would agree. Um, and even during the jet song when he's up on that pole and he does this like backwards sort of like I would 
oh. never be able to do it. I would have, have a panic. He like falls backwards, does a flip, and lands on his feet. I I don't know. He did something um, similar, and maybe I'm thinking the same thing, where he like yeah, backflips off of like a, a a stoop or something, and it's just yeah, an officer Krupke. Yes, yeah, 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 he definitely does that. Oh. Um, it's interesting too. In the musical, Cool and Officer Krupke are switched. Did you know that? No. Yeah, and I remember when I did the show, I was like, "This isn't how it's supposed to go at all." Right. Um, and because it doesn't, it makes so much more sense in the movie yeah. to have Cool right after the Rumble. But in, I guess the idea of it was to have Officer Krupke after the Rumble in order to sort of get their minds off of what just happened. Mm-hmm. But having Cool where Officer Krupke is. Oh no, sorry. Um. Yeah, it it just doesn't make any sense the other way around. It, it no. doesn't at all. So I think that that was a wise choice. And there is this sort of dream ballet that happens. It's like a somewhere dream ballet that happens in the musical, which is gorgeous. And I really wish they would have put it in there. But I also get why they cut that as well, too. Right. Um, yeah, I mean, that. I, that it, yeah. I agree. I feel like the Officer Krupke, I think, happening earlier, it establishes so much more about, obviously, about Riff and about all of them. I mean... It's one of those songs that I was kind of familiar with from like when I did when I was in like the theater company in high school and I wasn't really a big musical theater person but a lot of their kids were and so you absorb mm-hmm. things. I so I kind of knew the song from like kids I was, you know, in the theater company with. But sure. I never I guess I just kind of wrote it off as like just from the sound of it and from the rhythm of it and from like how it started I was like, "Oh, this doesn't sound like something I'm going to be intrigued by. This is one of those musical theater numbers that it's too extroverted for me or something. It's just not, that doesn't sound interesting or funny to me. Like I just wrote it off. And then, and then watching the movie and like listening to the lyrics and like listening to the story that was being told and Stephen Mm -hmm. fucking Sondheim, I was like, Oh, this is fucking genius. Yeah. Yeah. So, (laughs) um, I want to just mention real quick, George Takiris, because I, just like you said, didn't see it i didn't know why he won that but it wasn't until this last rewatch that i got it i think that there's there's more there are more layers to bernardo than you think but i i do see the other side of that argument where it's like he didn't do that much did he but like i love how and i think it's like in america where it really like changes for me because he's so playful with anita Mm -hmm. and like she brings that out in him i love their relationship together i think their chemistry is just like next level but he does have to he is the leader of the gang he has to like uh navigate like kind of himself uh, uh sometimes but mostly with the gang and he has to look out for other people and he has to um be the tough guy i suppose too so when uh, it's it's fun to see those sort of sensitive moments that he has you can tell he loves her but also has like a job to do it's like uh, I don't know. It's like he is like a police officer. He's like going out for the night doing the things. And she's like, well, be careful. Like, but not even that. She doesn't like him going out and doing all that shit anyway. But um, I see why. Um, but I, I do think that Russ Tamblin has more to do and is a little bit more featured than Bernardo. Yeah. Um, like I see the complexity of the role of Bernardo and like and mm-hmm. what he, pl- you know, the, the, the struggle of, you know, of all the different roles he's playing in terms of, you know, Anita's boyfriend and Maria's brother and being in the, is he a jet or a shark? Bernardo's a shark. He's a shark. I yes. can't get them straight. That's okay. So I appreciate the complexities of being a brother and a boyfriend and a shark and, a, yeah. you know, and being this kind of almost like community leader and this family leader. I guess there wasn't, you know, 
I wasn't getting any gay whistle tones for him with him that I needed to say, mm. oh, I see why you're why you why you won. Um because I'm, uh, you know, a, a best supporting actor can have a can give me that whistle tone. You know? Yeah, uh, yeah. Uh, well, we won't yeah. count them out. No, but I was getting it from Russ Tamblin. That's all. Yeah, I think that. Um, yeah, I'm, I'm, I'm thinking about like my rebuttal for that too, because I, I don't know why I'm sticking up for him so much too. But I, I think in America, like not, not for nothing too, like they're both dancing their asses off. Um, uh. Russ Tamblin and. Uh, George Takiris. If you watch him specifically, I would I would suggest you know on a rainy day put it in and just watch him throughout the movie. And you might end up feeling the same way. But mm-hmm. um, but I think he is. I don't know if he like deserved it. But um, but I I acknowledge that sort of uh, that sort of red flag of like why him over Russ yeah. Tamblin or not, not even a nomination. But yeah, yeah. <clears throat> well, and I love the challenge of it. Like I'd love to watch it again and be like, oh, yeah. it's sort of like. To go back to you know Drag Race, it's like watching Jocelyn Fox again in season six. Oh You're yeah, like, oh, it's just fun. She's great. Yes, yeah. exactly, exactly. <laughs> I I want to mention there's this little moment in America in and of itself uh, is a I think is a crowning achievement. It really it just, is across the board. I think in our first episode I was singing the praises of it, but I just can't believe that they what they all came together to create that the music is that good that the lyrics are that good that the dancing is that good that the set is that good the the lighting the costumes everything is peak mm-hmm. in that scene there's nothing wrong with it no um it's it's all an example of like great american musical theater it, it you know and and filmmaking it just i don't know when people think of like you know classic movies or classic moments of you know peak greatness in art i feel yeah. like in cinema America is an example of that. It's in every Oscar montage. I feel yeah. like you get you get a glimpse of that. Um, mm-hmm. And it's interesting. I think, oh, go, go, go. I was going to say, and just like listening to it and watching it, if you don't get any emotional reaction to the way that it builds and builds and keeps going to the ending, by the end, I'm just like, oh, I, I just, you know, my shoes just go flying across the apartment. Yeah. Regardless, it, you want to jump know? out of your chair and start dancing with them too. And I just have to give a shout out to Jerome Robbins as yeah. well, who, um, who was notoriously like let go from the project because he initially wanted to, to direct it and oh. choreograph it. And he was like putting up a stink about it. Uh, but they got Robert Wise to come in and direct it. And I guess Jerome Robbins, he only, um, this is what I read on IMDb, <laughs> but he only choreographed the prologue, cool, I Feel Pretty in America before he was removed from the project, which is interesting because Dance at the Gym is so iconic in its own right. Yeah. I wonder if there was at least a, a skeleton of what, you know, but I feel like that would be a big stink too if they used his choreography and then fired him as well. But right, um, but yeah, I, I this is another thing about the musical, Colin. I'm going to blow your mind right now. Uh-huh. In the musical, there are no men in the number. It is just the shark ladies. Isn't that crazy? Wow, I know. And it's it's so it's infinitely better with the guys. Yeah, not to take away from the ladies because that that is a solid number when like. It's it's just I think it's uh, Rosalia who is is playing the part of like the Bernardo sort okay. of like um, she's the one who wants to uh, to go back to Puerto Rico and Anita's the one like bye bye you know like so long so long and farewell so oh wow oh, yeah but isn't that nuts yeah I um, America could have been this totally different number but I'm I'm so glad that the men are in it. It just adds to that sort of tension and sort of fun playfulness. Yeah, uh, I feel like in some ways it's like 
I mean, I could see the benefit of oh, having a number that's all just dedicated to the ladies, but I kind of feel like in the in the film version, the women still kind of win. You know, if if yeah. we were to look at this as like a dance battle, I think they still won. Oh, for sure, they're giving it. I, yeah. I always feel bad for the one shark. <laughs> <laughs> shark girl who has like the thinnest tightest pencil dress on it's not even a pencil dress but it's it's like suction to her skin and i would be so mad if i got that costume because there's right. no like flair anita has the best dress of course oh i mean the way that she can tossle that aside like there, there's moments you know and again obviously as you said credit to jerome robbins but there's there's those moments where she's like galloping oh and with and the dress is almost like a tail uh-huh. the way that she's doing it. it's just like I'm not really much of a dancer. After like six vodka sodas, I pretty much I can get into my body and all's fine. It's actually fine. Yeah, yeah. it's just I'm I'm so in my head that I'm like, oh no, I, this is making me very uncomfortable. But um, I so when I watch someone who can dance like that and who just who has that just like in their bones, in their cells, you know, mm-hmm. I'm I'm just wowed. I just I because I guess with dancing, so much of it. Obviously, you learn choreography, but I would have to imagine so much of it is like learn all the for- the choreography and then forget it and just, you know, do it. Yeah. You know what I mean? Like you probably, no. that's probably no, you would know yeah. better than I would. I mean, yeah. I'm not a dancer, but I, I mean, I've had many a dance party to a West Side Story soundtrack in my house alone. <laughs> just, you know, a couple of, <laughs> couple of margaritas in and just yeah, really sure. going for it. Um <laughs> But uh, there was, but yeah, it, it's the difference between just watching someone dance it. It's it's like, um, ooh, singing in the rain, singing in the rain. Uh, why mm-hmm. am I blanking? Uh, wow, everyone is in terms of uh, uh, Gene Kelly. Gene Kelly, yes. Sorry, I was just trying to uh, yeah. <laughs> think of his name. Um, it's so lived in. I've said that before too. Uh, but mm-hmm. it it just it's it's natural. It's like breathing to them. Um, and as far as there's a lot of like not even say controversy, but a lot of these singers were dubbed, um, and not even by them. Um, I think Bernardo might sing all his stuff. He only sings a few things in America. But Russ Tamblin was dubbed, or like the guy who actually does Russ Tamblin's voice is the guy who plays Ice, who's the really tall guy who sings cool. Oh, is wow. that nuts? Yeah, so it's crazy. And Rita Moreno's singing voice was done by her, uh, a woman named Betty Wand. Um, she, that wasn't her. She did sing. So Rita Moreno, the only song she sang in the show was "America," which makes me so happy because oh, I feel okay. that that is, you know, that's the moment and that why she should. Yeah. I, I think that um, Betty Wand sang for uh, sang for a boy like that because it was lower than uh, she. It was out of her range, and I think that. Um, Marnie Nixon, who also did Maria's voice, um, yeah, because Natalie Wood can't sing, also um, sang for um, Anita in the quintet as well, too. I can't believe I'm remembering all this stuff, but uh, yeah. Wow. Yeah. Well, I mean, I, I had only really known about Marnie Nixon dubbing for Natalie Wood. I didn't realize She's that. a legend. Yeah. Yeah. I feel she yeah. just passed away recently. Hmm. Maybe. Well, I I will Google that now. Yeah. Marnie. Marnie. M A R N I. Nixon. R I P. I feel like she did. I just remember it's like all those those sort of intermittent things that you see on Facebook or Instagram or something like that. Well, she did die. She died in uh, 2016. Okay. <laughs> I, I was gonna be really embarrassed if you said like she died in two thousand and two, Nick. So uh. yeah, yeah, she died like late nineties. Yeah, um, in my mind, she's still alive. Yeah, uh, um, but you know, yeah, within the last few years. Yeah, she but she's she definitely is one of those like unsung heroes as far as 
you know, singers, you know, actresses that were popular, they just sang all of her stuff. But that's mm-hmm. for another podcast as well. I want to keep forging ahead here. Um, should we get to the bedroom scene? I think that that's that's the moment. Yeah. Right here. There's two big ones coming up, and and I want to get now to them. And yeah, go for it. Oh no! Here's the thing. Yeah, I I agree because there's this scene and then of yeah there is that big moment and towards the end. Now here is the thing that I struggle with, and it probably just speaks to how much I want more about Anita, and I want I want your one woman cabaret of yes, Anita. Yeah. Um, I, I need Anita. I need um, a more Anita. <laughs> I need <laughs> I need Anita. Um, <laughs> I need Anita. One woman show. Yes. Um, I. I wish that we got to see more of her grieving Bernardo. Oh yeah, that would have. I just felt a, like uh, she had to have this role of like you know he killed your brother. It's like he killed your boyfriend. Mm. Like where is like how are you having any any compassion for Maria right now? Like she's siding with the murderer. Like and I get that that's kind of part of what she's doing, but like I need more rage. You know? Yeah, that would have been great. I mean, she, she takes. I would say the rage is sort of substituted with a boy like that. Yes, um, I agree. That's exactly where that's sort of filtered into. Like, I, I don't have any other words to say, so I'm just going to sing it. But, uh, mm-hmm. but yeah, I mean, I would. Maria gets her moment when she's like, uh, when Chino tells her, I love when he's like, he says, he killed your brother. And it's like, boom, mm-hmm. ba, 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 boom, ba, 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 yeah. ba, ba, She's Ugh. like, why do you lie to me, Chino? Why do you lie? And she's like chasing him down the steps and she holds on to her head like this when she realizes that it's true. <laughs> uh, where's Anita's moment? I, I need, I need. Uh, that <laughs> I need a need a moment. I need an Anita moment. <laughs> the rest of the podcast will just be us making those puns. Uh, it's yeah. just those puns, yeah. Um, yeah, I. Oh God, I just I love. Um, I just love that. Oh, Chino, why do you lie to me? It, it reminds me of, and this is a, such an obscure reference, but someone out there might get this. Is in the movie The Exorcist, <sighs> the the priest, uh, Father Karras, he like I guess the devil impersonates his like sick dying mother mm. and um because he can impersonate the, vo- the voices to get into the heads of people blah 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 anyway and at one point he impersonates his like old mother going oh Demi, why you do this to me <laughs> and that <laughs> and that always makes me that's what it makes me think of <laughs> you know i can actually kind of picture that a little bit i i've only seen i am famously not a horror queen i can't mm-hmm. My imagination runs too wild when I when I watch that. I want to desperately get into some stuff because I know there's a lot of great lady performances out there. Oh. Um, but um, I think I've only seen it once, or at least bits and pieces. The Exorcist. So it's you know I I saw it again a few years ago. The first time I saw it, I was like in my I was like a teenager, mm-hmm. and I remember not liking it and Ooh. being kind of like, oh, this is kind of ridiculous and sort of melodramatic and yeah. not as scary as everyone made it out to be. And then I think I saw it again years later, and I was like, oh, yeah, no, I get why this is so scary. Um, Ellen Burstyn is giving – I can't remember if it's a great performance or if it's an over-the-top performance, yeah. but it's – either way, it's, it's worth watching. Yeah, it's, yeah. it's a performance. It's Ellen fucking Burstyn. Yeah, exactly. Uh, so it's um, – yeah, it's worth seeing. I don't know. I'd have to watch it again and see if it's actually scary. I think I could probably get through it. It's like those old – is it came out in the 70s or 80s 70s, okay cool. yeah that, that yeah. horror wasn't what it is now it's like i feel like there's a lot more jump scare moments yeah. nowadays i don't know anything about the horror genre so i'm just speculating really no, but you're uh, right it's yeah. stylized now to be so much more about jump scares yeah. and like music cues and like in, in you know yeah it's not as common for movies to just be like a slow burn or mm-hmm. just kind of be creepy or just kind of like let the story be scary versus like oh let me just like 
you know, sucker punch you with a jump cut. Yeah, yeah, I don't like that. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I don't yeah, at all. Yeah, agreed. Um, but the scene, you know, like she is, she's so they sing a boy like that, and all of a sudden she, she does. Yeah, you wouldn't expect Anita to not accept defeat, but just like soften, soften so quickly. I guess mm-hmm. it's like the love for Maria. Is it outshining the love she had for Bernardo? Is it like, it's like, I, it's, she probably loves them both equally, but there is one line within that song. She's like, um, where Maria says, you were in love or so you said. And then Anita looks at her like that. And I just wonder what, why that's there. Oh, that's interesting. Yeah. And that's kind of that. Yeah. Keep going. Sorry. Oh no! I well, it, it, that's what it, it made me think of immediately is when Maria or Anita said, "It's when I'm not looking that something happens." Yeah, I, you have to imagine in your one woman show of I need Anita one woman show. I know I'm I'm can't wait. <laughs> yes, I feel like that is an interesting thing to examine. Is really, she loved Bernardo, but it's really hard to love Bernardo yeah. because he's not just her boyfriend. He's also a a jet a shark. a shark he's a shark that's okay yeah a shark that's... he's also a shark and he's he's also all these other things and he's also stubborn and he also has these like very old you know traditional beliefs that and that's the whole crux of america is yeah they just have these different paradigms and i kind of feel like and like there's this there's the narrative of anita got to america and it's like okay well now my life is going to begin as well yeah. just like it is for maria and part of that might be shaking off bernardo yeah it's like i'm i'm assuming you know like in my my mind they were an item before they got there and it's always yeah. been a thing it's always been anita and bernardo that is like the the through line of that sort of uh community or like at least that building or that 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 gang or the people that yeah they surrounded themselves with too and like to and maybe she felt obligation and to to remain right. by his, his side and i think she loved him there's a great line in next to normal where um uh it, where she sa- she says i love you as much as i could and i think that's mm-hmm. kind of uh similar or i love you as much as i can excuse me um but that's kind of what it is and i, I but i love that yeah or so you said like did you love him that's a great nuance oh i, I yeah i'm gonna have to rewatch this that's that's a I, oh, that's great I mean, um it's, it's only because i've seen it four thousand times right. too but uh but that is yeah i'm glad you brought that up yeah yeah it's yeah. Uh, but it, it just it does call for a. it makes me think of you know there was that play a doll's house part two um have you heard yes. of it? yeah where it's just laurie metcalf yeah, yeah. Uh, yes oh my god unbelievable uh, mm-hmm. In some way, somehow, we will have a Lori Metcalf episode because. Oh, I mean, yeah, yeah, because we well, have we'll, to. We will honor her for uh, you know the Alice and Janney year. We'll have like a segment. Oh, that's because true. That's, that's true. Oh, that makes that's me feel a good. Major contention there, yeah, yeah. Because so, yeah. some years we, some episodes we may be talking about the winners and saying, actually, you know who should have won that year? <laughs> yeah. Exactly. So we're gonna talk about her instead. Yeah. 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 Um, but I, uh, when I think of like that play, I think of like this kind of offshoot of the original. And yeah. it takes it in a sort of new direction. It's kind of a continuation. But, I mean, as much as we're joking about this, like, one-woman show of Anita, I think that you could mm-hmm. absolutely do a separate derivative, you know, story about specifically Anita. Yeah, it's like uh, fan fiction. Yeah. <laughs> it's like yeah. if I haven't already written it, I need to dig deep and get it out into the world. Or what happens uh, to Anita after West Side Story? Uh, With I Bernardo she gone? Just, just... She's free? I, I, I don't know. Well, let's talk. Yeah, this is the perfect segue into like the the rape scene, yeah. the taunting scene, as it says on IMDb, which is it's basically a rape scene because at the end of it, she just like walks away. Yeah. Um. It's it's like the mic drop. Yeah. We don't see her again after that scene. Yeah. No. 
Yeah. Um, I yeah I had did not realize that scene was coming. Um, yeah. So I was excited about that, and it's. I mean, I also love Doc in that scene. I just think he's. I'm just like, oh, thank God for Doc. He goes, "What are you doing there?" That's what he says. <laughs> Oh, I, uh, I just—I have a special place in my heart for Doc. Uh, of course, and just, you know, and I just can't wait for Rita Moreno to do all that same stuff in this new version of West Side Story. Yeah, um, as Valentina. Uh, Valentina. But there is, there is that moment. There is that 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 final, you know, final mic drop, as you said, uh, where yeah. she, she, yes, yeah, she, then she finally drops the TNT in the room. She finally blows shit up. Ugh. I mean, so what? What it, it has to happen this way, but like part of me is just like she tries to tell him. She's like, "I am trying to help you." I like, love I that. love the desperation there. It's like, can't you see? Yeah. Ugh. In some ways, she's kind of making the same appeal that Doc is making, and then that really Maria is making in the end. That the whole the kind of conclusion of the movie is like, I am trying to connect us here. I'm trying to like. Like, I don't know why you're fighting me on this. Like, this is if we could just come together here, you know, like, I just feel like that that's already coming out in her, you know? Yeah. And to help the guy that just, you know, maybe an hour ago killed your boyfriend. I you mean, know? it's yeah, it took so much for her to get her, uh, herself there. And I love that scene when Lieutenant Shrank comes in and Maria basically she's like, Anita, will you go for me? Yeah. And Anita just gives her this look and it's like and or Maria gives her a look like, you know what this means. And she's like, OK, bitch, I'll yeah. go. <laughs> yeah. She just does it. Yeah. <sighs> I love that. I love that whole idea of her going on this mission for Maria, because, again, it goes back to that idea of Anita has a part of this story. She has a part of it that's just about her. And that's. Yeah. Ugh, that's so exciting to me. Uh, yeah. And then she I got a message for your American Buddy. Oh, I got a <laughs> <The> message. <laughs> I love that. <laughs> yeah. I did read that she, um, when she, because uh, they're like, don't let her get away. And then someone grabs her. She goes, don't you touch me. Mm -hmm. um, that she was imitating at her boyfriend at the time, Marlon Brando. She was like trying to channel how he would deliver that line. And when he saw it opening night, he actually like looked at her and said like is that you doing me and she was like yeah wow. uh because it's it's like she's like she i guess maybe she didn't know how to say the line or just like she's yeah she just imitated him and it, it i mean it works oh it works sure. and it you know it's funny with that context i see that what she did is mm -hmm. it's almost like she instead of raging out she like suppressed the fl the oh, flame yes. you know what i mean and like it comes out in the don't yes but then the rest of it's down yes and yeah it's like that's like the flame out and then it's just like this 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 simmer you know this like this yeah. burning simmer and i it works it because it's sort of counterintuitive and it avoids hitting the wrong notes um, yeah which i think if she did it differently and she just snapped it just would have sounded melodramatic yes yes exactly Oh. And I just love like the look on her face when she's telling them that like Maria is dead. You know, he killed her. Like the there's there's so much just nuance of desperation and anger and desperate and desperation. It bears repeating desperation uh, <laughs> and anger uh, in in just like in her eyes, in her tone, in in the. I don't know. It's like she's she's 80 percent enraged and 20 percent devastated. Yeah, and she ruins a lot with what she says. Yeah. It's like it's like the Romeo and Juliet, which of course this is sort of uh, you know a play on in many ways too. Um, that 
she's she's like you tell that murderer that Chino found out about him and uh and then she's like and he got a gun and he shot her mm-hmm. yeah she's dead and then slam oh Ugh. the way that she says dead there's like a shrillness in there oh yes as well yeah oh i it's she's an icon it's <laughs> i mean and that, and that of course that brings us really to the important question oh please yes and i don't i don't know if we've identified your your whistle tone moments but i think maybe maybe they're one and the same but what is the moment in which rita moreno won the oscar <sighs> Colin, I've been I've been thinking about this ever since we <laughs> we decided that we were going to do this episode. <laughs> I I think there's like a couple of things to say about this, which we almost kind of got into a little bit earlier. You kind of were inside my brain for a moment. It's like, of course, the obvious moment is you know the rape scene and her little speech at the end there too. Mm-hmm. But it's it's really this entire performance, and and it sounds like a cop out answer. Like everything that we mentioned is could be potentially a moment. You know, it's like from the moment you meet her in that dress scene and, and to America and to the a boy like that, which, by the way, Stephen Sondheim, I think Amanda told me this, Amanda Kaczynski, shout out. Um, Best supporting actress, that, Amanda Kaczynski. Yes, yes, <laughs> yes. Um, that she, or excuse me, that Stephen Sondheim was, is notoriously like still to this day not satisfied with the lyrics for a boy like that. He thought that it was clunky and he he's, he's not necessarily proud of those lyrics. Hmm. But, it gave us, uh, or so you said, so I will uh, right. I'll take it, Stephen. Um, but anyways, uh, just the moment of her, like, you know, crying the single tears as, as they hold hands in the bedroom, like that also. But I think for me, it's a tie between, like, America, really? Because I think that's, like, leading up to it. That's sort of like, I don't even say the peak. It's just, it's like, it's like. We know that she's amazing, and then she kind of climbs this up. Like Dance at the Gym is a little bit better, and she's like really owning herself. And then America hits, and it's just like let me let me show you what I got here. Right. Let me show you how what I can do. And especially since she sings it, and it's her own voice, I think it's the perfect storm of everything um, for all the reasons that we just talked about prior to this. It's just it's a beautiful number. It is musical theater at its finest. It is dancing, singing, acting, charm, sexy vibrant uh i could go on and on uh but i think that's kind of my answer it's like it's it's many answers but i think america is it yeah i mean it's it's hard to argue with that because it is such yeah. a i haven't seen dream girls but i wonder and i don't think they're comparable because i don't what i've heard is yeah. it's not as great a performance but i feel like jennifer hudson won because of end i'm telling you yes i mean that that is the moment yeah for sure where we'll, it, we'll it's get into that when we do that episode i'm yeah. excited too because having not seen it i think i watched a little of it and it was other scenes that she was in and i was like this is terrible so <laughs> yeah there it's <laughs> <laughs> there are a few i've seen that movie I'll, so many times so i'm super excited to get into me that. too yeah yeah the more movie musicals the better here so uh yeah so but what about you colin yeah i mean you your... know so i i i i feel like drawing that comparison i don't think either you or i are saying that that's the same case for rita moreno here but i think there's a similar function of there is a set piece moment that you can't yeah. really argue with yeah and i i so i tend to agree that that's probably what clinched it for her especially among the nominees as well. In some ways, you know, I, I agree, though, that there is this sense of it's, it's, the, it's the total performance, it's the total effect of the performance, it's all yeah. of the, cumul- it's the accumulation of choices that she's made. Mm-hmm. You know, in some ways, for me, 
I think it does go back to that first scene and it was just the the frequency she started out on where like right away yeah. there was a naturalism to her there was a charm there was a spontaneity there was um there was a cleverness I think that's yeah. what I love about her is she's clever playful clever yeah yeah and and I think you know it's such an interesting dichotomy with Maria who is you know Maria and Tony as much as I watch it and I'm like, oh my God, you guys just met at a school dance. Calm down. Yeah, they'll never be Bernardo and Anita. Yeah, never. yeah, you'll never, you'll <laughs> never be Glamour. But I, but I feel like when I, when I watch the movie in the lens of like, these are two gentle lambs in, in a wolf's world, I think yeah. this is devastating. And yeah. so with that lens, like if Maria is just this gentle lamb and then what Anita, the, the the difference in Anita compared to her, I think mm -hmm. that makes Anita shine even more. And that Anita is, in some ways, it's like, it's so exciting to see, especially this like Puerto Rican immigrant be the new American woman. Yeah, you know, Ugh, and I, I love that. And there's a confidence that goes around that. There's an independence mm -hmm. around that. There's a she's really immigrated, you know, emigrated, and I, she really has yeah. is, I think, fulfilling an American dream in this sort of American nightmare. You know, Ooh, Colin, Ooh, love baby. that, <laughs> and I think yeah. that's what I love is that she like Anita is the American dream, and yeah, um, and I I think I don't know like Rita Moreno I think is such perfect casting because mm -hmm. we I don't know like I I'm I think as an actress and as like a as a pioneer in Hollywood and you know, as someone who in her own way is like paving the path for so many other people, it's exciting yeah. to also see that of like Anita and Rita, very similar stories here. I know. And Cheetah, and Cheetah Rivera played that's um, right. Anita and originally on Broadway. Uh, yeah. uh, well, well, you know, it's funny is then the woman who played Cheetah in Fosse Verdon also played Anita um, in West Side Story. In oh some my God. Production. It's, it's almost too much for me to handle. I know. Over here. Yeah. I know. Wow. I know. It's great. Anita and Cheetah and Rita. <laughs> uh, it's so great. That, I mean, that's kind of my one woman show. I don't know a lot of Cheetah, so I need to I don't brush either. up on Cheetah, but I do know Rita. Yeah. So, yeah. And I know Anita, most importantly. <laughs> uh, but yeah, you hit the nail on the head. Like, that was beautiful, by the way. I, I think that, um, it's like everyone knows Anita in the community. She kind of has this almost like royalty uh, yeah. quality about her. She's like she's like the first lady. Yes, she is. Um, uh, she's almost more. She overshadows Bernardo in a way, I think. And, oh and yeah, I, I, because because of all the things that you just said too. Um, it's a great character. Like I said, it's 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 one of the best written musical theater. Everyone wants to be Anita. Yeah, everyone does. Yeah, uh, including myself, including us. Oh here my at gosh! The BSA. Yeah, pod. yeah. <laughs> we uh, yeah, we stand Anita in this house. Yeah, <laughs> we do. <laughs> <laughs> oh, I know, I know, I love it. All right, well, should we get to um, our our best supporting actress or of the week? Yes, really? our, our segment before we wrap up. Our BSA of the week, which um, is, of course, it can be a person, a place, a thing, a show, a concept. It is something that is existing on a certain frequency for you this week that is hitting all of those whistle tones. 
Oh um, yes, yes. Uh, I love that. I feel like that's that's becoming a thing. Is yeah, the gay whistle tone. I, yeah, I love it. Oh my gosh, the lens. So I'm curious. That's that the first piece of merch, just like a little whistle, <laughs> to, like a it's like Total. cheap and easy. We could sell them by the dozen. <laughs> um, <laughs> um, so it's funny when you say that. It's like I I question my BSA of the week too because I I'm still looking for an object to be my BSA of the week. Sure. I think it'll come. It'll present itself. Mm-hmm. But um, I finished this week. Um, I started it and then dropped off, and I just finished it, uh, Fleabag. Oh, um, okay. And I, I think the obvious sort of BSA of the series is, of course, none other than Olivia Coleman. but that's not really what I where I want to go. I actually would like to give a spotlight and a shout-out for my BSA of the week, which is... Um, the actress who plays Claire, who is Fleabag's sister. Oh, um, I'm so happy I this think, is happening. Yes. Yeah, I think that there's a lot. Um, so her name, I'm going to butcher. Her first name is S-I-A-N. And I want to say that's like a Sean sort of sound. I think you, I think it's um, pronounced Sean. Yeah, Sean Clifford is mm-hmm. her name. Um, and at first glance, too, like she is... Um, you know, she's the sister that has her whole life together and she is, um, you know, the one who's kind of badgering her and kind of just lecturing her at all times too. But as the series unfolds or anyone who's watched it too, it's like you realize that's not the case. And I I, I think really a pivotal moment for me, I, I talked about it on Squirrel Friends Cocktail Hours when they go to that retreat. Oh, yeah. Um, uh-huh. And just the two of them together, I could use so much more of that. I just love the banter. I love their relationship, the good and the bad. And I think she's really playing almost like a straight man to her or straight woman, really, uh, to, um, uh, oh my goodness, Phoebe Waller-Bridge. Yes, uh, I had to think about that for a moment. But I, I really just think that that relationship wouldn't work had it been a different actress too or had that character not even existed i'm so glad that it does and i i really like her and of course we have to give a shout out to the haircut oh yeah haircut that she gets that was really fantastic she Um, i mean what i had always heard about her and what i found to be very much true was that the first season you're like oh yeah there's the sister and then at some point in like and i found it was the first episode or maybe even the last episode of the first season all of a sudden you just go oh my god the sister like yeah, what what if I who have I been watching this whole time? The sister is the one yes. to watch. For me, yeah. it was I haven't finished season two, but for you haven't. No, I know. I don't know why. Ooh, it's I thought so you did for some reason. That's okay. That's I mean, right. I'm, I'm I'm excited for you. Yeah. text me immediately. I will. I mean, it's like what six episodes? I'm four through. Yeah, I need to it's just a quick watch. Finish yeah. it. Yeah, but I um that scene in the first episode went in the bathroom when she says like this is my miscarriage. I was like, Ugh. okay, okay, you are incredible. Like, yeah. what, oh, this is now about you. Um, so, yeah, I agree. I think it's a great choice. And I love because she's sort of unsuspecting and people are kind of discovering her. It's not yeah. the obvious choice of Queen Olivia Coleman, who I do not disparage at all. Of course. That's, yes. like, even more exciting. Yeah, I really enjoyed her performance. I, I really like her a lot. And I feel like I've seen her in other stuff. The more BBC stuff that I watch... I see all these like it's like the broad church gang, the flea bag uh-huh. gang, and everything else. It's like it's great. So yeah. yeah, yeah. How about you? How about you? So this week, I, I mean, there's so many good choices. I, I did just have you. This is not my BSA of the week, but it's a, a, a potential pool of BSA okay. options. Have you ever been, or are you a Project Runway person? I'm not. I. Phew, probably watched one season back in the day mm-hmm. i always enjoyed it yeah. I, I never i didn't watch it because i was not interested but i just yeah but it is i mean i on. i think that 
I I do think and you know I can guide you towards the 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 moment you know the seasons or the episodes to watch that have like the notes we're listening for but def- definitely season eight um okay is amazing it's on Hulu I I'm pretty sure nice. okay. like trust me just watch it season eight just dive okay. in there is an episode where everyone cries um ah. and it's like when their family members come it's oh my god it's just and you will sob you will just sob really it's just magical and so i just Ugh. think it's worth it um sure so anyway not my bsa of the week but i i did just rewatch or just watch the first time like season 16 and i feel like there were some bsa moments but my yeah. bsa of the week is um I'm calling it mom drag. It is. Oh. I had some. I I just I shared it on Twitter just recently. But it's this comedian actress. Her name is like Alyssa Lim Paris, um, and she does this series. She's basically it's kind of like John Roberts and the mom character. Yes, of she course. does yeah. that with this kind of like East Coast, like Boston or New York or New Jersey kind of like suburban mom, and she'll do Ooh. these different montages of like mom. Like it was like mom hosting a barbecue, like mom, uh, you know, just like these different kind of. Do you remember those super cuts of like shit girls say or like shit? Yes, yeah, it's just like that. It's just like that. It is so nuanced. It is so funny. Um, Uh, Reminiscent of, I think, certainly owing something to John Roberts' mom videos, which are of course paving the way. Fucking classics. Yeah, they really are. There's also this comedian Chris Fleming who has this character Gail. Um, and he okay. has a series of videos on YouTube. Gale. Gale, and it's yeah. G-A-Y-L-E. Of course. You should definitely check it out. I think you'll love it. I do think okay. you'll love it. She's insane. Um, I had posted or I retweeted this tweet of the mom hosting a barbecue, and then someone on Twitter directed me to an Instagram channel, um, Aunt Terry, which is like a, a some comedian pretending, like portraying like a middle-aged woman uh, from Philadelphia. Okay, and I mean it all sounds like gold. It is <laughs> like yes, like I, I just I'm, I'm probably not doing any justice, but I feel like the moment you start watching it, you're gonna be like, okay, uh, I'm, I'm all set for the rest of the night. I'm just gonna be watching this. Yes, it like is, moms and ants, like it's moms just and like ants, catnip for us. I feel like, uh, and for me specific, I just I love it. Yeah. I love that um energy or that drag as you said it yeah it's, mom drag. it's such and like this kind of performance art that like there's obviously people doing um of creating this character and like doing this montage of what this character would do and how she would exist and what she'd wear and that it's yeah. all in the nuances it's all in the tiny little details i'm i love it i'm just so i'm so excited by it i'm so i feel so seen and yeah um, that's the best yeah i do love that yeah it sounds silly but like that kind of humor when it hits or when you know that woman mm-hmm. or if it's just relatable, it, it, it really can change the way you look at something. Yeah. And I, what um, I love is yeah. just like in the comment section is the people going, Oh my God, this like, they'll call out little nuances, little lines. Yes. She said, I'm like, okay, everyone else is hearing the tones. Yeah, awesome. Other great. People get it too. Yeah. Yes. It's just, it's, uh, I, I highly recommend. So aunt Terry on Instagram, look up Chris Fleming's Gale character, obviously John Roberts, mom. And, um, uh, this uh, Alyssa Lim Paris, um, L A L A L Y S S A L I M P E R I S, brilliant. Oh, it looks like the music is playing. Uh, off, Colin, it means it's the end of an episode. What an episode! What an episode! What an episode! I mean, there's not enough time to thank everybody. 
There isn't. There isn't. But there is time to plug some social media, I think. Yeah, yeah. You can uh, follow us on, on BSA Pod on Twitter. And you can also email us at bsapod at gmail.com as well. Um, and, I mean, so many other people to thank. Uh, Rita. <laughs> Rita, Cheetah, and Anita. Rita, really. Cheetah, and Anita. We want to thank the you all. The trifecta of everything. The trifecta. Um, and, you know, keep your peepers peeled for uh, Anita, Anita, a one-woman show starring Nick Kachanov coming uh, 2020. I can't wait. One night only. <laughs> yeah, one <laughs> afternoon only. <laughs> It'll be great. All right, everyone. Well, thanks for listening, and uh, we'll see you next time. See ya. Bye. Bye.